Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brown. We're here. It's Elizabeth Parlor Room. And we've got a massive show today, Danny. Cheers to that. One of the biggest. What do you got? Uh, you know we love to drink our beers, especially local beers on this show. But today just felt like uh, a whiskey day. Just felt like a whiskey day. So I'm drinking some uh, Makers on Ice. Not bad. Uh, he drinks a whiskey drink. He drinks a lager drink. He drinks a cider drink. He drinks a vodka drink. I guess. He so, sings yeah. the songs that remind me of the good times. Right. He sings, sings the, the songs that, that remind me of the better times. Charlotte FC's been knocked down, but we will get up again, 100%. Oh, man. I did not but, know that's how we were going to start the show, yeah, and now I'm, I am unbelievably <laughs> thrilled by it. That's not what makes the show so special. Even as special as that thought is, that we're even more special because we've got some special guests. Independence manager, the gaffer, he's here, live in person with us at the parlor room. Mike Jeffries, he joins us. Austin Pack, Independence goalkeeper, he joins us as well. Danny, these conversations, I cannot wait till the TIFOs hear them. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin, man. I came to win. And so, uh, what can I say? Uh, really had a great time talking to these guys, and uh, just like you, I think anyone that listens to this is going to enjoy meeting these two uh, individuals for sure. So it's Thursday uh, evening as of this recording, um, about 48 hours away from the Independence uh, home opener. And we're going to be here at Elizabeth Parlor Room pregame and postgame to watch the Charlotte FC match. Pregame is going to be to get ready for the Independence home opener against Richmond Kickers. Uh, We'll talk about that more uh, later in the show. Uh, We also have a, a massive match against a... Orlando City team, Danny, that uh, on Wednesday night. Tired legs, hopefully. Gave Tigres <laughs> everything that they could handle. That, that was a cracker of a CCL match. That's what CONCACAF Champions League is all about. That was a little preview of hopefully the League's Cup. Yeah. Well, MLS versus Liga MX, let's go. It's a, uh, it's a budding rivalry. I think 20, 30 years down the line, you might even see some like really super merged league with these leagues because they're very uh, neck and neck, I think. Uh, when it comes to it, and uh, Orlando played them tough, for sure. But they also played a lot of their starters big minutes, which is maybe advantageous to the crown. Christian Latanzio, pre-match press conference earlier Thursday afternoon. We're going to get into that. Uh, we're we're going to get into... Manny, what are you talking about? Some, some other uh, press conferences this week as well. There was an interview that stuck out to you this week. Uh, one of the players... Uh, Addy Milanda. Thank you. Right. And then it was addressed, it was almost addressed by Latanzio today for sure. And we will talk about that. But uh, we do have some pressing business first. And I think it's worth taking the time to step back. And uh, if you, if you, if you, if you want to hear our thoughts on Charlotte and Orlando and everything that's been going on this week, Skip had maybe 30 minutes or so. But I would just say sit back, enjoy these next 30 minutes because these two, uh, Coach Jeffries and Austin Pack, great people. Uh, whether they, they will make you independence fans if you're not already, if you are an indie fan. Uh, you know, let let your jack shine because that's uh, what it's all about. Without any further ado, here's Independence Manager Mike Jeffries. All right, Danny, it, it's time to, to welcome in a special guest to the show. Uh, the manager is here. The boss is here. <laughs> the gaffer is in the house here. I love, I love that term, gaffer. In Elizabeth Parlor Room, it's Charlotte Independence Manager Mike Jeffries. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming today. Pleasure, pleasure. Looking forward to it. It's a, a busy week, and <laughs> a week where you got a couple things going on. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the latest as far as preparing for the home opener on Saturday against Richmond Kickers? Where how do you feel about the squad uh, as you are at this moment, about forty eight hours? Yeah, away from kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we just turned in our uh, our twenty three man pool, so now it starts to seem real. Um, it, look, it, uh, preseason is always a, a long t- a long stretch, and I, I think everyone sort of points to the first game of the season and looks forward to it. Um, we feel like we've had a good preseason. We started with a, a core group of guys from last year that we were able to keep uh, and keep together, so that gave us a good starting point and a good base uh, to build from. Um, we've gotten through preseason, you know, largely uh, healthy. Um, which is always a, a plus because um, uh, that, that's the time when you know guys come in and you, you do have issues, um, and you know I think guys are, are wound up. It's nice to be at home for the first one yeah. uh, as well. Uh, we always enjoy playing at Memorial and, uh, and and doing the best we can there in front of the fans. The, the opponents, no joke, right? <laughs> right. Three three uh, three years in a row they've won the uh, won the uh, regular season best record uh, title and. Uh, Leading goal scorer, Golden Boot winner, three years in a row. Yeah, what, uh, what's the advantage of playing a team that good that early in the season? 
<laughs> that's a big assumption that it is an well, advantage. But hey, <laughs> tell me, tell me <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to be wrong on this show. I'm just, uh, <laughs> no, no. you know, I figure, hey, no. maybe, maybe uh, get a little spin. No, R- Richmond's uh, super organized and, and probably uh, as much as I feel good about having a core group come back, they've had a core group from like three, four years and have developed it. And, and Terzaghi's a, a fantastic player and, and is, you know, sort of uh, well above the, the League One level, um, generally just an excellent goal scorer, excellent in and around the box, um, and, and it's difficult to manage. Um, I do think it starts as a good measuring stick for us, and, and we struggled against Richmond last year, yeah, so um, you know I think it, it's, it's, it's a, a chance to start knowing that you know if you're playing a team that you know has a good base, has a good starting point, has a, most of their guys back from previous years. Um, that it's going to be a pretty good test for us, and and Darren does a great job. He's super organized. So, you talked about the the core group returning. There's also been a lot of guys added to the squad recently as well. Correct. So you've got your core group, and you've got a bunch of great additions uh, to the squad, including the goalkeeper that we're going to talk to on the show today, Austin Pack, who is who's back here in Charlotte after yep. a short stint with Hartford. How are you man managing the situation, if you will, M- meshing this group together? Uh, this late in the game, um, you know, so some of the guys have come on a little bit later, but some of the guys, were, you know, in training with us before, and that, you know, before we signed them, you know, other guys we, we've worked out a, a kind of late deal to come in. Uh, Austin was, was sort of the guy that we wanted to go after um, all of the off season, and, and was a, a major conversation for us to try and bring in. We knew um, our goalkeeper from last year, Adrian Zendejas, uh, was a lone player with Charlotte FC. And it, you know, so it was no longer available to us. So we knew goalkeeping was going to be a, a priority to, to solve. And, and Austin was the guy that we targeted, wanted to bring back, you know, know him, uh, know what he's capable of, and, and know that he can be a, a huge plus for us uh, coming in. So it was, you know, fortunate for us to sign him. Uh, and with the other ones, I feel like because it's especially easy because we do have a lot of guys back. We do have sort of a our way of doing things. Um, it makes it easier when new guys come in. You know, right away there's standards set. Right away they, you know, there's leaders in the group already to help manage them. So it, it makes it pretty simple, and the transition's been very smooth um, with new guys. So you guys scored a lot of goals last year. One of the better like attacking teams in the league for sure. And then you go ahead and hey, why don't we add the all-time leading goal scorer for the championship, <laughs> Dan Kelly? What's that like, Dan Kelly? Like I remember our you know our friends in uh, Mech Reserves and supporters groups were going nuts when this signing happened. It's like, oh my God, we, I can't believe we got Dane Kelly. Uh, and then uh, Joel also is a, sure. is a huge addition because he has history with this club. And I, I've, used, I've seen him play um, for the yeah. defense before a couple of years ago. Excited to see him back. That, that's a lot of more offense being added to what's pretty, already was pretty good offensive team. Yes. Uh, I mean, look, we went into this uh, offseason feeling like uh, we, we you know, had a good group. We had guys that had kind of come up in, in Corey Bennett and, and Trey Surambuyu. That had, yeah, Trey Moore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that, yeah, that, exactly. that had kind of developed in, into strong players, um, and and so forth, and and have you know carried a lot of the load last year. Felt like we, you know, when good players become available, you want to try and find them and bring them in, um, and and having a little more depth, having a little more competition, I think suits us um, quite well. Um, we're happy to have those guys back, and, and Joel. Um, for us, he can play as an outside back, so you know technically helps a little bit defensively. Yeah. Um, but also, he's a, just an excellent player and, and a, yeah. a top class he guy. He runs him down too. He can yeah, run down no, the ball for sure. He's super athletic and uh, and you know a guy that, that you know probably has been with the club uh, other than the, the last year with Hartford, been with the club longer than anybody. You know, came in our second year and just sort of developed with the club uh, into his career. So it's it, tremendous to be able to welcome him back and, and a great addition for us. One thing that we say on the show a lot is uh, Charlotte is a soccer city, and yeah, the, batter, the batter's hanging here at EPR. Yeah, exactly. And uh, by the way, we're going to be here after the match on Saturday uh, for a watch party for Charlotte FC. Yep. We're going to be down there at the stadium, and I think some okay. some players are, are going to come by as well yep. afterwards. Um, and you know, the reason why we say that is because all of a sudden there's just this bloom, if you will, this blossom. Um, to use a, a springtime phrase, as, right. as we're, it feels like spring. It, it, it yeah. certainly well, does. Yes, uh, it's, it's there. It, there's professional clubs popping up everywhere over town, around town, and uh, Crown Legacy is one of them. And Danny and I have uh, a fun time talking about you know, the Charlotte Derby, you know, getting yeah. these teams together and playing one another. And I was just absolutely thrilled to see that happen in the preseason. Yeah, to see the Independents play Crown Legacy. 
y'all get the W as well. That must have felt good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Yeah. Look, we actually, it was an interesting preseason. That was one. We felt like we had derbies like the, every game, whether it was Greenville or NCFC, right. you know, uh, Charlotte FC. So it was good. But that game, obviously, look, it has a little bit of an edge to it uh, just naturally. Um, but, it, but it is fun. And I, I think you know, we, as the independents, um, the first one of the group, by the way, here. Um, of course. <laughs> the professional clubs. Uh, <laughs> I would be remiss not to say Playing that. Playing at the sportsplex uh, back in the that, day. That's correct. You know, so, yeah, yeah, we've been so, there. We've been to both. So, um, you know, it, it, it did have an edge. But we have a lot of respect for them and, and, and obviously um, with Charlotte FC in town um, and, and the ability for us to work with them on loan players, et cetera, last year was, was very important. It was good for us. Uh, and even the year before with, yeah. with Christian Fuchs and, and, and Brant Bronico being on loan and coming in, um, we've always had, felt like we've had a very good relationship with them and, and hope, you know, hope to continue that on um, you know, throughout. Yeah, if you, if you are a Charlotte FC fan and you didn't spend time watching Chris Hagart play for Independence last year, you definitely missed out because the kid was awesome. And it, that partnership that you mentioned like produced great results because it was really fun to go see every soccer team in town, I felt like, last year for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was it was very good. So, yeah. Healthy competition is a good thing, right? It is. Yeah. It is, uh, for sure. And I think the exciting thing if you're not just from Charlotte, but if you're a player, there's so many – New clubs popping up, professionals with the, the MLS Next Pro and, and our league. Um, so there are, there's a lot of job opportunities and a lot of places to play. Um, and I do think the level is uh, from all the leagues is, is because of that has raised the bar quite a bit. So I I got a ton of questions actually. I don't I don't know. Uh, I want to know more about you as a coach Me too. for sure. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, uh, U.S. Men's National Experience, MLS head coach, uh, coaching in college ranks and things like that. Like. You got Carolina roots from Duke, right? I'm not telling yep. you or anything you don't already know, but this is my, this is the, the good of my research. I'm very though my research led me to a very specific individual question, which was, uh, I think your last year as a pro. Tell me if any of this is wrong. Uh, <laughs> your last year as a pro in Dallas Sidekicks, right? Yes, that's and correct. you played with the legendary tattoo. Oh uh, my, in major, in, in indoor soccer legend, and yep. uh, I went to college at in Fort Worth at TCU, so okay. I, like. Uh, it was a little. It was a few years later than, than you were there, but uh, even then, tattoo was a legend in the Metroplex, and oh, just like everybody loves tattoo, even before MLS started, tattoo was the man. And I wonder yep. what it was like to play with tattoo. For sure. Oh, it was fantastic. No, I enjoyed. It. I had one year only with uh, with Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a great group. Um, tattoo is just an incredible player, um, and, and the game was a little different indoors, obviously. Yeah, how did your indoor experience like inform like how you became in, uh, into a professional coach years later? I, I learned like I think as a, a professional coach, we learn from our experience, like everybody else. We learn from our experiences. We learn from the coaches we work with. Um, you know, Gordon Jago and, and Al Merrick and David Chadwick before. You know, so you learn from that. John Rennie in college. Um, you take some of the things you like. You take some of the things you don't like, and and kind of meld them. Um, you also learn quite a bit from players. You learn, you know, a lot of the savvy and et cetera, um, kind of what guys like and, and everything else. So a lot of the things, you know, that, that we've developed, you know, you kind of picked up and tattoo, could, he could turn and spin anybody. Like, it was oh. just incredible. Um, the reverence that, like, friends yeah. of mine that grew up <laughs> so, at DFW would, would speak about tattoo yeah. that were soccer fans, just absolutely so, we, we had We had another guy, this is a side note, but there's another guy named Mark Carpin. He was like, just an okay, mm-hmm. great, you know, not maybe the technical player or anything. He was the magic. He worked with tattoo, and at tattoo, you knew he was going to try to turn and finish almost everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, exactly. Carpin, would, as, soon as, yeah. as soon as tattoo, like, got the ball, he, Carpin would just take off for the back post. And every goal he scored, like, I don't even know if he even saw the ball. <laughs> it just hit him and went in. Yeah, like, it was like just, there to clean just, up the trash. Yeah, yeah exactly. so you learn. You're like, okay, you know. So you bring that into. All right, let's make sure we get this covered. Always, you know, anticipating, Incredible. you know, rebounds, etc. So you do pick up things uh, from the guys for sure. But it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I, I think that speaks to a. You know, you talked about the college career at Duke, right? And then you start your coaching career, and obviously a professional career before that. And it speaks to a life and career in soccer. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. We've got a ton of people that listen to the show that, you know, right. watch soccer, enjoy it as a fan, but don't necessarily have had a – they haven't had a career in the game. Yeah. What's it like to kind of look, look back and think your professional career has been a, a life in soccer that you've been part of expansion clubs. You've been yeah. part of the USMNT. Danny talked about the indoor as well. It's just it, – it must be fun to be starting a new season – 
looking back, having all that experience, what drives you to keep going? Oh, the first, I feel very fortunate um, because I've, I've been, been able to have a career in the sport, the sport I love and it's what yeah. I grew up with and, and, and I've always, you know, uh, respected and appreciated and, uh, and so forth. So I'm very fortunate to do that. Um, my wife basically uh, still feels like my job is more or less all, all you do is every day you go watch TV and play outside you know you didn't have a job <laughs> like, well alright maybe it's not that bad but um, it, you know it's it, it, it's been good and uh, you know I wouldn't definitely wouldn't trade it I think all of us that are coaches are, are ultra competitive and you know it, it drives us we want to want to win we want to do the best we can you know season in season out game in game out and, and want to get to the high you know at, get to high levels etc but I think for me at this point in, in my career just you know working with a good group competing in a, at a, in a really good league at a high level um, and getting the most out of guys is, is what drives me and then you know trying to, to win a championship here trying to develop young players um, and, and move them on to uh, you know higher levels is what motivates uh, a little bit so um, again very fortunate and uh, enjoy I still enjoy it so I still get back at it I, I, I love it and, and, and sometimes it's it's a cliche right the push for tr- a trophy right? right like put something in the trophy right. case but that's real this is a playoff yeah. team from yeah. last year yeah. You know? yeah, that, that's real yeah. and, and just to hear you say that I think speaks volumes to soccer being such a competitive sport oh, yeah. right where yeah. uh, there's just mm-hmm. everybody is going after the same thing and, and you've got to have an, have an edge and, and that's that's what I wanted to ask like if, if you could describe your edge as a manager right when you've got your group together and whether it's a motivational edge whether it's a tactical edge you know what 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 is the thing that makes your guys want to play for you and want to win championships um that's a great question and and also a hard one to answer i think that's uh um there's a few things one i I think we try very hard um with with the independents to provide a professional type environment that feels like it's a higher level than League One. So the day in and day out is important, and I think that helps with bringing guys in and helps with, you know, guys feeling good about being a part of the organization. Sure. Um, you know, we feel like we're always a group that's going to overachieve in, in terms of motivation, etc. You know, that maybe it's, you know, we've never been the, the biggest budget, we've never had this and that, and, you know, so we've always had to kind of fight, and, and I think that, you know, trying to, to build upon that. Um, I think like like all managers, I like to think uh, I'm pretty good tactically and, and can run a training session really well, uh, yeah. you know, and, and can d- develop players over the course of a year, you know, throughout training. You know, I think that probably is more for the, the players to attest to and, and so forth, um, you know, and, uh, than, than it is for me to, to kind of go. But those are things that, you know, I feel like I can bring to the table um, cool. organizationally and, and motivationally as, as well as the, the soccer end. Is the fact that uh, y'all had championship history, you know, before like stepping down a level like uh, a couple years ago, like you've been in that in that higher division so do you feel you still hold yourself to that same standard almost when you talk about being a little bit better than the average u.s league one club you know what i'm saying so so the standard i try to hold myself to is is trying to organize and do everything at the level that if i were in in mls if i could do it i would do it now look obviously there are there are you know financial limitations there are Mm -hmm. limitations the, the the you know the the players overall, obviously, maybe a little bit higher in MLS, et cetera. But in terms of trying to set a standard, I want to set the standard that, look, our club runs everything in this way, and, you know, you don't worry. You know, if you're a player, you, everything's taken care of, et cetera. Now, look, uh, obviously, it's not going to be perfect, um, but certainly we want to hold ourselves to the, the level of being a champion, USL championship club. Um, in, in terms of what we do, we're fortunate we, we play at Memorial, which is a you know yeah, uh, USL I'm championship glad I was about to, level yeah, stadium. Exactly. I mean, I'm it's, biased, a, it's, but it's way the best it's a fantastic, USL stadium I've ever seen. Yeah, it's yeah, unbelievable sure. stadium for for our league. Um, so you know, so we, we do have some things that I think work for us uh, as the independent. So for me, it, that definitely trying to set a standard, trying to set a, a level that's high, uh, and then trying to find players that you know want to be at, right. at that level, at a higher level. Um, Etc. So uh, I think that you know that hopefully uh, breeds that sort of yes we're we're a good team you know we we, we belong we, we we're not just happy being where we are. It, it's match week one and I know you're a busy man so uh, we won't keep you much <laughs> Wait, longer. I've got one more. I got one more. Okay, okay. I 
on the top, I'll let you go. I'll let you be the hammer. I'll give you the hammer. Let me jump in and just say, I asked you about a DFW legend. Charlotte is a soccer city. Tell me about a Charlotte legend, Jorge Herrera, one of the, the legends uh, of ever, of not only the Independence but Charlotte Eagles and like all kinds of Charlotte's football clubs going back all the way down the years, and he's still around in town as far as I know. Uh, just a legend. I'd love to hear you talk about him. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so for, uh, so fortunate, and and like this is one of the things about coaching is just the people you get to work with. You know, you're fortunate you, you keep up with them. Both as as fellow staff, you know, uh, I mean, they joke with me because I know so you know, I've just been around so long. I know people everywhere, kind of thing, yeah. and, and just so that's fortunate. And then it's so so much. He's just fortunate to work with guys that are just class class guys. And Jorge was the first signing with the Independence, and um, just like a, not only an unbelievably talented goal scorer. Oh yeah. Um, you know. Uh, I think second to Dane, but you know, uh, but like just a class, wonderful human being. Like every day, so professional in how he conducted himself. Not only, but very competitive. But well, just, like, yeah. still, just still my favorite all-time independence player. Yep. But yeah, and and he could do things. I mean, I remember the bike at, at the sports flex. Yeah. You know, he, just some plays you just think, wow, that. What's this guy doing here? He shouldn't, yeah. he shouldn't be with yeah, us. I felt like he loved Charlotte. So, he just loved the city. He, he did. So, he yeah. did. It was good. It was good family-wise. And, and so um, still just a, a class individual for sure. I'm glad that you got to ask that question because my question's pretty ridiculous compared to that. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, even though it's match week one, have you made time for Ted Lasso season three episode? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. No, no. I haven't seen uh, – haven't seen, uh, it just came out yesterday, yeah, yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday, yeah. That's, that's so, yeah. good. So I, haven't, I, haven't, uh, I haven't caught up with that. But you've seen the first yet. two seasons? I actually have. So it, it yeah. took a little convincing, believe it or not, it with did. me. Um, so my wife was like, you got to watch this. you got to watch this. Come on, come on, really? You know, but – uh, but we, we did end up watching it. Uh, I did end up seeing it, so uh, I, I will admit to that. What, what's your thoughts on it? I, I think that it's it's a beautiful show in that, yeah, it's about soccer. You, I saw Lexi Lawless having the conversation about what it does for American managers. It, does it create a stereotype? Either way, I just think there's so many lessons that you can learn watching this show. And the, the mantra, believe. You know, yeah. And when I talk about motivation and getting a group together and trying to achieve a common mm-hmm. goal, I right. just wonder what it's like. As there's a, nothing someone, wrong with like a really positive TV show that uh, lifts people up and happens to be about right. soccer as well. You yeah, know? yeah that, that's no a, and that's how I look at it almost. Yeah, yeah like, it, like the soccer is the... You know, it makes for a nice story kind of thing, but right. it's but it's it's sort of uh, exactly that. And look, in a season, there there are various things you try and find that kind of keep the group together and keep motivated. And it may be, you know, a, a song, and maybe something. You know, we we would do certain things after we win games that you know would be kind of a, a motivation to you know, all right, let's win, and it's sort of our thing as a as a team. Um, so there are things like that. So you know the, the mantra of believe, etc. You know, I mean, it's it's for the show, and it, it's meant to be a little bit more entertaining than actual reality. But right. uh, but it works. So and that's that's how I view it. I don't look at it as oh my god, I'm learning something about soccer. You know, <laughs> of course. You know, learn something course. about coaching. You know, but but it's fun. No, so well, for sure. I appreciate you being here. I know Danny pleasure. does as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a pleasure to meet you, taking the time and a busy week always a to pleasure. chat with yeah. us. And we want to wish you good luck. Thank you. On, right. on Saturday. It's always most important. Yeah. We, are, yeah. we need that, especially in our, in our sport. Our tickets are purchased, it's, so yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He's, the, he's the manager. You'll see him uh, in the coach's box on, on Saturday. <laughs> Big match. Make sure you get there. It's 5 o'clock kick yep. um, at home. Get your tickets. And, Coach, thanks so much for coming on pleasure. the show. Mike Jeffries, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Thank you, guys. Danny, what's your takeaway? Uh, A great interview there with uh, the gaffer. Past, present, and future, man. The guy kind of took us through a little bit of what he's been about, what he is about, and what the Charlotte Independents are going to be about. So uh, looking forward to, you know, I got to say, like, (laughs) I kind of threw him off maybe early when I talked about, you know, the advantage of playing the the presumed best team in the league early. Uh, but he, had, he, he knew what I was going for there in terms of the measuring stick that he spoke about. So Saturday's going to be crazy. Uh, the, they, uh, the Richmond kickers don't mess around. It's, it's surprising that they, they did not win the USL Cup, last uh, USL League One Cup last year. And, uh, Georgia, uh, South Georgia Tormenta, uh, who, the eventual champions. After, they had to beat the Independents to get uh, their, on their road to the championship. Anyway, I'm mumbling here because this uh, – the whiskey is just uh, hitting me harder and harder as we go. But uh, uh, I was impressed by the gaffer. Let's just put it that way. 
he's, he's somebody that uh, carries what I would call a calm demeanor. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see that transform into something else. He's focused on championships, Saturday. though. I mean, he he's focused on championships. He was on Bob. We didn't even talk to him about Bob Bradley, but he coached under Bob Bradley when the uh, 1998 Chicago Fire won MLS Cup. Uh, he scouted for Bradley at the 2010 World Cup. We could have got into even more, but the, the, they got to get ready for the kickers, you know? So what can I say? <laughs> it was a pleasure to have Coach Jeffries on the show. Uh, hopefully we'll do it again this season. Uh, we're, we're, we're building our relationship with the Charlotte Independence because remember, Charlotte's a soccer city. Thank you. And this show, its aim is to cover everything. And right. I was, my, I, you may have known this. I'm not sure if he was expecting the question. But you knew I was going to go in of on course. that independence first. Of course. Yeah, first the rivalry. The first Crown episode. Jewel. It goes back to our very first episode, which if you're a new Crown listener. Crown Legacy. If you're a new. Oh, okay. You're, so, yeah, you're talking about the Crown Legacy match. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which you could see. You could even tell by his body language and the edges of voice. He called it an important match, I think. Yeah, you know, did. like, And I, I, I didn't really follow up, but I feel like those guys, it's two teams. Like, guys in USL League One versus guys uh, playing for the Crown Legacy are kind of, t- they're on two different sort of, they kind of like made two different philosophical uh choices with their careers so it's kind of just like that's where that edge comes from but but you also brought up i want to say your dream of charlotte fc playing against the charlotte independence and like i just want to throw in that plug to like if you haven't if you're a newer listener to the show go back and listen to the very first episode you can see how how crazy we were back then and how crazy we still i don't know if we've grown or not but but back then we outlined a few goals and things that we wanted that was one of the very first things you said was I need to see an Independence versus Charlotte FC match in my lifetime. Maybe we'll get it in the U.S. Open Cup, which um, we, we talked about with uh, Independence goalkeeper uh, Austin Pack. Uh, he's a Charlotte 49er. Uh, he's here in town again after a brief stint in Hartford. And is he crazy? I don't know. Let's find out. Austin Pack, Charlotte Independence goalkeeper. And it's time to have some fun. You know, we had a, we had a serious chat with the manager. Like, it's yeah, the manager, gotta, right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. We, we got to have a serious chat. You only joke chat. around so much with the gaffer, for sure. Exactly. But now we've got the keeper. And, and you say this all the time on the show about keepers. Keepers are crazy, man. Keeper, I always say <laughs> goalkeeper's the craziest guy on the team every single time. Uh, maybe you agree, disagree. Although there is the exception that proves the rule. There's like 10, 15% of goalkeepers that are like super stoic and like just like Stonewall, but then everybody else is, is absolutely nuts. I don't know if you fall into one of those or if I'm stereotyping too much. What do you think? Uh, I think my girlfriend would agree. I think my <laughs> friends would agree. I try not to, to let it out too much, but I think the people that know me, they go, okay, he's got something going on. Yeah, yeah. that's what you have to be to stop those kind of shots, man. Like you have, to, you have to see things that other people don't. You have to see the world in a little bit different way sometimes to get those angles and those lines, I feel like. So uh, I, I fully support it. It's not a negative thing. I just... <laughs> I say it in full love, for sure. So, yeah. so, so what's it like? Uh, you know, you, you played for the 49ers here in town, played your college, soccer here, and now you're getting paid to play professionally here. Must feel pretty good. Yeah, Charlotte is like my home for me. I'm from Atlanta, but, but coming back to Charlotte, I've been here for almost half my career now. So I'm at home. It's exciting. It's, I'm happy to be here. I, I love you know, from Atlanta, but Charlotte's your home. It's, I mean, right. Everybody knows exactly. Charlotte's better than Atlanta, right? Right, Thanks. exactly. It, it, the people who uh, leveled up with the move from Atlanta to Charlotte are uh, living to tell the tale are uh, doing quite well in life, I think, for sure. They are. Mm-hmm. I, I, I basically, like, when I think about a keeper, right, when I think about somebody who wants to become a professional keeper, I, I think about somebody that is not afraid to, like, rip somebody a new one, right, who, who is, who's ready to bark from the back. Yeah. and really control the action on the pitch. So that's kind of like what I'm interested in, kind of your mindset going into a match, knowing that you've got 10 guys in front of you and you have the ability to work with those center backs, to work with the entire team, get people set up and go for a clean sheet, mm-hmm. right? What, what, is, what is that thought process in communicating on the pitch in a way where the squad is going to react positively to what you have to say? For sure, I think a large portion of it is communication with the team and every goalkeeper's got their different style. You've got the screamers and the yellers and the hotheads <laughs> and then you've got got guys that, that communicate well and keep a, a calm back line and managing that is important. My style usually is pretty positive. I'm not a screamer. I'm, I'm not too much of a hype man either. It's just directional information and I try to get it out as concise as I can and, and keep things positive. It's a pro's pro. 
Yeah, I never liked those keepers that are always like clapping their hands. Like, Come on, guys! Like, that always bugs me. I think I think of Brad Gazzan when I think of that. Just to keep continue the bagging on Atlanta, although he did shut us out last week. Uh, uh, what's the uh, feeling coming up with this season with a the three time Golden Boot winner coming in, and you're, it's your job to stop him? Like that's got to be uh, ultimate preparation right out of the gate. Like your first game of the season is going up against a serious goal scoring forward like are you uh obviously you have to scout the entire opponent but like just looking at that you got to think this guy stands out in the preparation for sure it's the first game and they got goal scorers on the team they got a solid team it's going to be a test this league is unpredictable you got to be ready from the start because you've probably seen it before in years past it's uh it's unpredictable anything could happen there's crazy score lines and you got to come in ready from the first from the first whistle. Yeah, Independence famously lost a game seven one last year, and then won the very next game six two. So <laughs> you know, yeah, I know you weren't involved in those, but uh, it is kind of funny when you talk about unpredictable. So, I when, as far as unpredictable is concerned, for me, like my, one of my favorite words in soccer is campaign. Right, like this this mm-hmm. on, during this campaign, we're going to achieve mm-hmm. this because right? you can you can singularly focus on the match on Saturday and. The, the goal is to get three points, right? But if you get one point, sometimes a point feels good. You know, sometimes you right. can You learn it. something about it. If yeah. you get a point, we learn something about ourselves, hey, you know, that, and, that and we I'm, can move forward. And I'm not saying that that, that is the, the goal for th- this weekend, right? But, yeah. But, but ultimately... It's a step in a campaign. How do you manage the fact that, like, yes, there's a massive match on Saturday, but I've got, like, six months ahead of me to keep my body right, to keep myself in the right mental mind frame, and whatever happens on Saturday, it's on to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of teams that struggle with it, you, you lose one game and it can turn into a, a long run of uh, unfortunate results. But I think this squad and including the coach, it's it's one game at a time. We manage it well. We manage it well in the past with this core. Um, it's tough. It's a long season. So yeah. you go through win streaks. You might go through losing streaks. And just trying to focus on just that one game, just that one night, and uh, not really looking too far ahead. And then... If you lose that match on Saturday, if it doesn't go your way, Monday, boom, we're on to the next. So I won't, I won't uh, ask you uh, to say anything bad about the club you play for, but you play for Hartford, uh, right, between, in between your independence stints. I, I, I spent some uh, time doing, we talked about this doing before professional the development in Connecticut uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, advancing my own career there in a place that I was uh, coming from Austin, Texas, so there I was uh, not... Uh, Super stoked about the geographical aspects of it. Although it was a great job, obviously. Uh, what was it like going from the south? You stayed in Atlanta and Charlotte as your homes, and then you go up to the uh, the crazy northeast. Uh, what, what was that sojourn like for you? Yeah, it was cold. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it was cold. Uh, yeah. It was it was cool. It was a good experience. They have really good fan base up there. Mm-hmm. That was exciting. I, I spent a few months up there, and then had an opportunity to come back here and took it, and uh, haven't looked back. Speaking of fan bases, the Independence fan base is, is phenomenal. And you're as close to them as anybody for at least half the match. Uh, what's, it, what's it like with, with that kind of support behind you? And what, what, what do you think about the, the atmosphere that the fans have been able to build? We've had a, a good couple of supporters groups come out last year. The year before that, we had a really good fan base come out when I was here. It's, it's a good environment. At Memorial, we had a long stretch of, of unbeaten streak, and the fans, they've been great, super positive. Yeah, I love playing at home. It's, it's the best experience for me. And the stadium right here in downtown, the fans come out. They're super positive. The kids come out. We love it. Um, yeah, they, they've grown over time. They've been with us for a long time, a lot of them, and it's, it's been a good experience. It's, it's phenomenal. I, just to, to know how... Even though MLS is here now in town, you know, it's like the, the, the fans, the supporters who have been there, they're not going anywhere. And I think what's happening is, you know, I, I, on the surface level, you might think, hey, MLS is here, so the, the, the Independence fan base is, is maybe going to dwindle down. They're going to go over there. And I actually think the, the opposite is happening. Right. Yeah, and yeah, we're, exactly. we're going to see that on Saturday. I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm so pumped for it. And, right. and, and as a player, right, there's, a, there's this kind of belief among supporters that you show up to a match and your energy can sometimes transcend mm-hmm. onto the pitch. And a player can pick up that energy as well. Is that a, is that a real thing? Oh, it's, it's 100% a real thing. And 
the crossover from having the MLS. They've got their own supporters um, sections and, and their groups, and there's been a good crossover. They support both. They come over and you see them their flags, and then you see the same flags in uh, Bank of America. So it's cool. I think it's the crossover has definitely helped us. We've got more fans than ever and, and more intelligent soccer fans, and it's growing, and they support both teams really well. So if you're going to sum it down to four words, would you say – Charlotte, or five words, excuse me, Charlotte is a soccer city. For sure, for sure. It's a soccer city. We got a lot of teams. Everyone seems to be knowledgeable about the sport. Um, it's crazy to see see all the teams, see all the fans, everybody you walk in the street, they got soccer jerseys on from all over the world. It's a soccer city. No doubt. You give, you, you Blame give, it on the whiskey, yeah. my inability to count words there in our own freaking tagline. What can I say? Uh, so uh, the, one other thing about a play, from a player's perspective that, I, that interests me anyway is just like the, the grind that comes with keeping yourself in shape, right? C- keeping your body right, making sure that you're working out throughout the season, working out in the off season. What's your, what's your grind mode look like? You know, it's like in season, out of season. How do you keep yourself in, in the shape that you want to be in? It's a long season. It takes a lot of recovery time, all different sorts of techniques after games, throughout the week, managing loads. They got the GPS on us. They, they run all the analytics on everything. And then in the off season, just trying to keep ticking over. It's a long off season, two, two three months down. Um, a lot of guys stick around in the city. We train all off season. We keep it going, a little break, and then boom, we're back in the season. So it's a grind. It's 10 months nonstop. Every week, we got Open Cup, we got games on midweek, we got games on Saturday. It's nonstop. We're training or we're recovering. That's it for the year. Always the Cup. I'm, I'm pumped that you mentioned the, the mm-hmm. Open Cup. I'm, I'm a big Cup supporter. Right. Uh, love the U.S. Open Cup. And, and Get it in. Go win the Open Cup, please. Bring it home to the city. Yeah. We our, need it. Our dream is uh, uh, Charlotte FC. That might be the, the only way that we can see the, the two Cup. big teams in the city face each other, for sure. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, far-fetched. If we can get through a couple games, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that matchup. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, that that would put me in dreamland, <laughs> as we like to say on this show, for yeah, sure. It, it would. So, I mean, I I, uh, I really appreciate you coming to meet us today, hopping on the show. No, thank you. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping up with you throughout the year. Um, and for, for anybody that is, you know, we, we've got a lot of parents that listen to the show with, with kids. What would, what would be your pitch uh, to a parent out there who, who's maybe thinking, you know, their kid could be a good goalkeeper? How do you get how do you get started? I would say good luck. I say good luck. <laughs> it's a tough road. It's a tough road. You got to have a mentally strong kid, but it's it's learning lessons that I don't think they can get anywhere else. It's going to test them mentally, physically. But uh, I think in the end, it's good for kids. They get out, especially for the young kids. They get to roll around in the dirt. They get to dive around, <laughs> jump around. It's a, it's a good outlet for kids. So if you've got a, a young daughter or son that wants to play in goal, more power to them. Just be ready for the journey because. <laughs> A lot of ups and downs. Short memory. Sounds right? amazing. Yeah, you got to have yeah. memory like a goldfish. Incredible. Uh, I am just thinking car rides home uh, in your youth days might have been uh, volatile. Yeah, you go through some tough times, that's for sure. And as a young kid, you got to learn fast. Well, you, you made it all the way here. You're a pro. And yes, uh, we're, we're, we're proud of you. And especially uh, as, a, as someone who was playing college soccer here. It, it's huge for us, and you know, I, I, to me, you know, you, you might be from Atlanta, but the way we would say it is, you're one of our own. Yeah, you know, you're a Charlotte kid, 49er kid. You represent our city. Now, Ab- for sure. Absolutely right. So we appreciate you, and we wish you nothing but the best of luck this season. Thank you guys. Appreciate you uh, having me on. No doubt. Danny, I think our uh, tremendous friend of the show, Jessica Sharman, would be proud of that interview. Yeah, Jess Sharman. She uh, has never. She's never really answered me on my whole. Uh, <laughs> Goalkeepers are crazy theory, but uh, I have thrown it at her way a couple times, I think, in social media. But Austin backed me up, and uh, I'm I'm feel vindicated right now. I feel like yes, there's an element of truth to what I've been saying all along, and uh, maybe I do know a thing or two about uh, soccer. Who knows? It was really fun to kind of see the difference between manager and player. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, the the difference in my mind was like manager has so much going on. Right? Oh yeah. This week is is decision time. He's man, he's man managing, and Austin is like, I got my job. Right. I'm prepped to do it. Right. Laser focus. And I'm focused on getting the W yep. and keeping a clean sheet against Richmond. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, it's almost illustrated just in the difference. 
as soon as we were done, Coach Mike Jeffries got up and it was like beeline back to his office, you know, like back to the game plan, whereas Austin kind of just like wandered around, you know, talked to the PR rep, talked to the bartender, kind of went in and out the, the side door a couple times. And was like, ah, I guess I'm out of here. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of a funny, funny yeah. little thing. Yeah. Um, so it's it was a great interview. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, Matt here, uh, Matt, the bartender here. Matt, what's your what's your Instagram handle? At Bearded Bartender NC. At Bearded Bartender NC. Make sure you give him a follow. And we've been promising him this on the show. We're doing we're, we're doing this on the spot with you right now. Okay. We've got to have your award-winning gin cocktail on the show. Okay? okay. Absolutely. All right. All right. I promise. Okay. I'll definitely get that on the show yeah. one time. Going to get you sit down here with us. Make the, cocktail, the cocktail, cocktail. I heard you're kind of playing hard to get with this cocktail. So I'm just kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> like I would have ordered it right now. I'm not going to lie. I, I would order I, it right I, now I actually, if you'll make it. But it looks like I you're headed somewhere. I stuff here to make it. I have to... I have to make the cold whip for you guys fresh, so that'll be good. Okay. Yeah, no, 100%. You know I don't deal in non-fresh cold whip, so <laughs> I appreciate right. that, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't serve it to you any other way. <laughs> but, no. I, I'm looking forward to drinking it, because as we've mentioned, Matt is an award-winning mixologist and cocktail creator and uh, our host here at EPR for the uh, Charlotte Soccer Show. And uh, yeah, we had a, if you had a great time at our watch party... Follow that beer to bartender and see, please. And Saturday night, uh, we're going to be, be here. here. I'll be behind the stick. I'll be taking care of you guys. So maybe I can get the stuff in time to make that drink for you that night. That would uh, be amazing. It, it's uh, Charlotte FC. On a six-point Saturday. On the road yeah. at Orlando. Matt's going to be here. We're going to be here. Blue Fury is going to be here as well. Mecklenburg Reserves are going to be here. Some of the players from the Independents are going to come right. post-match. It's going to be an awesome Saturday night. I'm insane. At Elizabeth Parlor Room here. And on the other side of this break, what we're going to do, Danny? We're going to dive into that match. We're going to preview it, get your projected 11, and so we can get our first three points of the season back after this. Welcome back, Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Okay, Danny, uh, cheers to you, and cheers to what has been a great show thus far. Appreciate everyone listening to what I thought were two really cool interviews. And now it's time to uh, move on to... A big match on Saturday night down in Orlando. Charlotte FC, if we want to make it a six-point Saturday, Danny? Hashtag six-point Saturday. Tremendous friend of the show, Brett Thompson, came up with that one. Yeah, yeah. Seemed to uh, be popular with a few folks. There's two shout-outs that we need to do. Brett, number one for that, and Hannah for the We're Broken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Another tremendous friend of the show, Hannah, out there. Uh, Great friend who... uh, somehow finds a way. If, if no one else is taking my extra ticket, she's always game to come to a match. Uh, so she's been able to attend a lot over the years, so that's great. So, uh, and I didn't realize when we when you, uh, when you we saw that tape, I didn't even realize that was her. And then she told me, like, when I saw her earlier that week, I was like, oh my God, yes. Funny. We've got, I think what is a lot to talk about in regards to this, this match. Uh, you were down in Orlando last year, Danny. Yeah. I want to take me back. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Florida's even crazier than it was back then uh, one year ago. But uh, It's a good park, right? Uh, the, yeah, Explorer Stadium, really cool spot. Uh, they have a good supporters wall. And uh, I really do like that if we ever do have the dream of building a standing, uh, a uh, soccer-specific stadium in Charlotte, you know, no, no complaints right now with Bank of America Stadium. But uh, if that ever happened... I really do love that concept of sort of like the standing supporters wall that, that a lot of these stadiums put in the, the back end, and Exploria has that. So we had a great time. I was at the club level last year, just uh, living it up with a bunch of uh, fantasy soccer buddies. Uh, I think that story was told. If you, hey, let me, for the second time, I'm going to say go back and listen to uh, our old episode from, uh, from May 2022, and uh, you will, uh, you'll hear the adventures of my, uh, my trip to Orlando last year. What the squad looks like on Saturday night this time around will look a lot different. I thought one interesting thing that we did after the Atlanta match was kind of look at what the squad looked like um, the year before. Now, yeah, oh, it was interesting. It, infuriating might be a better I word for that, but uh, it's not all about me. So what you're inspiring me to do, though, is like look back to see what Charlotte FC's lineup was um, against... That's it's the last the last time Orlando. MAR ever started uh, TT Ortiz. I remember that. Really? T- yeah, TT was the halftime sub for uh, being out of position and not hustling back. Where we had we had like a stoppage time corner kick, I think, that turned into a goal for them because uh, 
they got like a header out. They they cleared they cleared the, the set piece and uh, Ruan ran down the the beat everybody down. And like Fuchs, Fuchs was like behind two of our guys and one of them was TT. And Fuchs like ran down all the way and like tr- almost stopped Ruan, but Ruan like. Uh, was just it was a wide open one v one against the keeper and score. I don't know Ruan slid it over. Excuse me, I think Ruan slid it over that time. If I, uh, my PTSD may be slightly wrong on, the, on how the finish went down, but uh, yeah, the uh, the hard times. And then Alan Franco drew a. You know, we eventually were down two 0 and then Alan Franco drew a penalty to uh, and Fuchs buried it to get one back. I had both of them on my fantasy team that night. You know, to, to uh, bring the fantasy story forward, which. Shout out to our boy Amadio Sorare, guy that uh, I'd always talked with online, and, and he he was at the uh, Atlanta match. Met him and his girl at halftime. He's a uh, uh, student at a, out of state, so but he came back to North Carolina for uh, his home place for the uh, Charlotte Atlanta match, and was sadly disappointed. But hopefully, he had a good trip otherwise, and it was cool to meet you, Amadio. Um, but yeah, uh, fantasy sports, Charlotte FC, Orlando, they're coming. I don't know if we could be – how many guys – if you brought up that lineup, how many guys that were in that game are still going to start in this game, you think, might not, be a good way to take it? Not, not a lot. I, you know, <laughs> probably half. Yeah. Maybe maybe four. Maybe four yeah. guys. Maybe three. Yeah. Kyle Swiderski would be one. Yeah. Um, Undroppable still for you? Of course. Of course. This isn't Facebook. Yes. Carol's still undroppable. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, at For the Crown Baby. <laughs> yeah. And on YouTube, by the way. Yeah. Follow Charlotte Soccer Show on YouTube. Uh, appreciate everyone who uh, viewed our video this week, the match recap, which you'll get on uh, Sunday night this week after the match against it's Orlando. A it's a tradition now. Yep, so we'll, we'll have that for you on, on that channel as well. Make sure you follow us there. Um, but, hey, as far as starting lineups are concerned, I know that Orlando had a match against uh, Tigres on – Wednesday night. How does that impact? I know there's one guy gonna, that is going to be in this squad, and it's Galise, and I and that's a theme for yeah. me. That's a theme for me after having El, Austin on the show. I don't know if you know this. His nickname is El Pulpo, which is the octopus, and uh, El Pulpo, like he's very well known as El Pulpo, and he was playing like an octopus against Tigres. Almost kept Orlando in it, and almost helped them advance in Concacaf Champions League, but they fell. He's going to be between the sticks, and. I wanted to call him out as an exception to the things that we've said about MLS keepers in the past. Sure. This this guy is, like, <clears throat> legitimately good. I think he's the best keeper in the league. I think he uh, Pedro Gasse is the best goalkeeper in the league, for sure. I have no doubt. I have no qualms in saying that strongly. Boom. Andre Blake, eat your heart out. Union stands. Petrovic? <laughs> Petrovic? Whatever. Petkovic, what is his name on New England? Uh, Jordi Petrovic for, yeah. New Petrovic. England. He's all right. For New He's England. Young. You know how I feel about a young keeper as well. <clears throat> it's a theme here. We've, we've, we're, we're going up against <laughs> really, really solid goalkeepers. That's true. In this run. Berkey, I mean, I'm not a huge, I don't believe Berkey's that great, but his pedigree is great. I can't deny that. So, yeah, we're facing tough, we're facing some tough keepers. That's a good point. That's a nice positive spin you could put on things, I guess. And, we're, and we're, it's going to happen again on Saturday. I, I think there's a chance, and I, I don't want to go crazy here. I think there's a chance that we don't score a goal. Come on. Come on. There's a chance. There's always a chance of that, but, hey, we need it. We really need the goals. I, my whole baseline thing of, like, trying to say a lot of soccer left is and all that and, like, be, like, taking the long view of how the season develops. Like, we've been here before. We were here in this exact same spot before, 0-3 with one goal scored. And this is our chance to, you know, to go get some points. Like, we got to go take advantage of the fact that Orlando played Pereira for 75 minutes in a very intense game. What I would say about that Tigres-Orlando match, it was so intense. Like, anybody who was logging minutes in that game was playing, like, some of the hardest soccer that they play because it's a cup knockout match, you know? And it's like, it's always the cup. And the CONCACAF Champions League, I think, was important to Orlando. They were going for it. They, I've talked about how they, Oscar Pereira kind of managed their minutes for the last three weeks with all the extra fixtures building up in the trip to Mexico. And, like, I think he did that again. Pereira played 75 minutes, like I said. Facundo, one of their chief uh, playmakers and attackers, I think he played the full 90, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, They're trying to work this guy, Martin Ojeda, into the system. These are the guys, you know, he's got the bleach blonde hair. These are the guys you got to, like, be on the lookout for if you're looking for a scouting report on Orlando. But they all have been logging minutes in midweek. The equalizing goal from... Kara 
Urkan Chara. Yeah, Ur- Urchan Chara, I think. Chara. Yeah. yeah. The equalizing goal, the bicycle kick, was so sweet. That guy's like, not good. That's we, the thing. We, we it's talked so about, funny. We talked For about a player the, that shitty to score a golazzo just blew my mind, I gotta yeah. say. Okay. Sorry. Fair enough. To see that, though, uh, was, was pretty cool. And um, I, I just... I have to say that like this squad is playing well right now, Orlando City. So, but they're playing a lot. But and and this has been a way that Charlotte FC has picked up points in the past. Take them how you can get them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would definitely have to say like in real life talk, a point on the road here would be huge for like just starting to build something and turn our fortunes around. Obviously, we want to win, but like you could not be mad about a point in Orlando it's, at all. It's right a, now, it's like sure. think about it this Keep way. It think about it this way. It's an empty lot in Charlotte's crazy housing market, and <laughs> it's just sitting there. And we've yet to put down the foundation. Yeah. And right. the foundation. We've we definitely bought into the season for sure. And now it's time to put down like at least like a. You know, a piece of wood. You know, a little bit of foundation right. there. Right. Maybe order a survey of the land. Make sure everything's level. You know, first yeah. uh, before we go forward with some development. I don't know. Keep the metaphor alive. Uh, who do you want to see play? I mean, um, that's what people have been debating about. Like the 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 raging debate that goes on in this fan base is a sign of great uh, engagement, and I love that. So like, keep it all coming. Like, I have to there's say, no wrong no, answers. No, no. The the last week is the official everybody do their projected 11 graphic. Week. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like that, it, it, exactly. This is the peak of the, the predicting the right. 11. Because we're all pissed about what we've been seeing. Because there is no direction. There's right. no undroppable list. We're right. still trying to figure out who fits into well, the picture. Think about how foolish I am. Like, how what a fool I am to, like... When we did our preseason episode, and I was like, oh, we got 26 guys who could start. This is badass. We're so, we're so good. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. We don't even know who our best 11 is inside that list. And that, that should have been the real takeaway from that whole analysis, I guess. But at least my hindsight uh, is a little more uh, sharp than some, some of my foresight at times. But I do still think, like, we have to define our 11. And what we've been seeing isn't working. If Brant Bron- I told someone, I said, if Bronny is left back again, I'm turning the game off. I'm walking out of you're walking out of here. I'm walking out of EPR uh, and uh, banging my head against the light pole out there, and then deciding what to do next. But uh, <laughs> it's remarkable um, to even imagine him starting at left back again. If if he if Latanzio does it again, if he puts Bronico left back in this match, I just want everyone to realize that. You need to like get over it because this is what the man is doing now. Like mm-hmm. he's clearly setting. That's true. You know he's clearly setting his intention that like this is the position I see him in, and that's where I'm going to play him. And to think that he'll change it is a question to me. What, what happened today in the the Arsenal match, Danny? There was a man at the end of the match, scored a goal, was a game winner, and he happens to just have the same name as one of our boys. Nuno Santos, uh, the Portuguese player for uh, uh, Sporting CP, Sporting Lisbon. Uh, so, yeah, we, we are taping this at the EPR. After we got done our interviews, we, wa- we were fortunate to watch a little Europa League uh, before we taped it's, our final segment. It's and uh, we watched Arsenal go down in penalties. Nuno Santos for Sporting CP. This is kind of a funny story because when we first announced last year that, our, that Charlotte FC had signed Nuno Santos from Portugal, I was like, oh, wow. I looked on, uh, tr- you know, just checked on Transfer Market. Let's see a little more about this guy. Not the best reliable site, but it's kind of a g- good gauge. Yeah. And uh, uh, Nuno Santos for Sporting was was rated, at, I think, like ten million or plus or something like that. I was like, oh shoot, like Charlotte FC is really going for it. And then and then I was like, oh wait, no, it's the uh, Benfica Nuno Santos. And I looked at his value; it was like much much lower. So it does start. he start? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, does, if- does he start? Nuno Santos. This week, our Nuno Santos? Yes. Benfica Nuno Santos, Charlotte FC Nuno Santos? He does in my 11, for sure. I, my 11's kind of crazy, though, because shout-out to... One thing, we've always shout-out our Twitter followers, and we got a lot of TFOs on Twitter. Shout-out to our Reddit peeps, as well. We got a lot of, like, people, like, uh, reacting to our most recent episode on, on Reddit, and, like, one sh- uh, suggestion that I think is worth bringing up is... Should we start a new chant in the uh, supporter section? Four, four, two. Four, four, two. Four, four, two. And just, you know, like get that going because uh, 
the time is now to like re return Karol Svidersky to a strike partnership. You said it, I think, best uh, at one point. Like he has thrived in that role as a strike partnership since day one. And like as much as we love Danny, the bouncer Rios, like the, the whole idea of coming into the season is that Enzo Capetti is a massive upgrade at at, at Carol's strike partner. And then it was like, oh, but instead we'll just move him out to the right wing because he's left-footed. Wait, what? Like, excuse me. And then like everything's just being misused, and it's like. Latanzio came out and said today in his press where he teased his comments. What were those comments? What he said was like, he was asked if the system was too complex because that is what uh, Addy Milanda, Addy Milanda without trying, they also Milanda gave his player interview earlier in the week and he was like, yeah, you know, we're learning how to do it and you know, if we make some mistakes, it happens, it's a complex system, we're trying to figure it out. And it was just, you know, not, he wasn't controversial or anything, yeah. but it spurred the follow-up question of the Latanzio presser later, the laddie daddy. Uh, this week, uh, just today, this morning, right? And he was like, he was asked if the system was too complex for the players. And so he says, it's not that the system is too complex, it's that we're making the simple mistakes. And he's like, I trust my players to fit into this system that we've designed, and, and we need to worry about the small things before we can start complaining that the system is too complex. So, so that's paraphrasing, that's not his words, but like, that's basically what I took I, from it. The more and more I hear Christian Latanzio speak, the more and more he reminds me of Antonio Conte. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? Just totally, As a Spurs fan. Just totally stuck in his way. Yeah. Just will not make a change. This is my philosophy. You're going to run my system. And I don't care if we change formations. Yeah. I mean, that's the coach's job on one level. I mean, I get it. Like, the, if I was named coach of, Char of any big-time club and I had my philosophy of playing whatever formation and I went 0-3... I wouldn't just change it because a bunch of people, you know, on social media were calling for me to. And yet I am the person on social media. I'm not the coach, so I'm going to keep calling for it. So F it. Uh, so 442. I want to see 442. Yeah, I think I think you go 442. Capetti and Swiderski up top. Capetti and top. Yeah. Now here's the problem where 442 comes in. Unless you could keep Bronny at left back, but I, I don't think that works. So I think you you also have to you get guys back to their simple positions. Uh, Latanzo talks about mi simple mistakes. Yeah. He's the one making simple mistakes, playing so many guys out of position in a, in a system, I think. So put you have to make a decision between Jones and Bronico because I think you keep Ashley Westwood in as in the middle as a center mid in your 4-4-2, and then the other one has to be either Jones or Bronico, basically, at that yeah. point. And then you with wingers, everyone can fight. We can have the Camille at, uh, versus Andre versus uh, Vargas versus Nuno fight, you already, this whole rant I've been on started with you asking me, will Nuno Santos start? And I say, yes, I actually start, I start Santos and Shinishiki. But I know everyone, All like, the wings? Yeah, that's my, those oh, are my wow. starting wings. Yeah, wow, yeah with, with Westwood, and I would say Bronico in the, in the middle, as much as I love Derek Jones. Uh, and then I would have a left hook back, Joe Mora, uh, and then I would have center backs, uh, Bill and uh, Addy, and then I'd have right back, Jalen Lindsay, of course. Yeah, uh, that won't happen. But I, that's what I would do. It's a good, it's a good setup. It's yeah. a good setup. Yeah. It's a it's a great setup. Uh, I love the I love it. And you have intoxicated me with the four four two idea. And and just because of the because of the partnership up top, yeah. right? When you when you can tell Carol and Capetti, hey, you guys play up top in the box together. Yeah, like right. and, and everyone's Connect. got your back. Connection like, is uh, made. Uh, da, da, there's da, one da. player that I would consider on the right wing instead of Kerwin Vargas. And it's Mackenzie Gates. No, I don't have Vargas in. I have Santos and Shinya. Oh, and Shin. Excuse yeah, excuse me. me. So yeah, Shinya. Okay. On the right wing, I, I'm, sure. I, I new games. Paul. Yes, Mackenzie starting is always music to my ears. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I think that's matchup driven. I think with tired legs, maybe Orlando is the team. I think McKenzie has to get minutes, whether he starts or not. I think you definitely want to like you want your last 25 minutes. Uh, to have McKenzie Gaines run yeah, because in that in that, in that four four two, you can tell yeah. that player mm -hmm. who's in great shape. Like, hey, just so you know, like you're actually kind of playing wing back, mm -hmm. but you're a winger, but you're sure. playing wing back. So you yeah. have to run a lot up and down. Yeah. And now is when you do that for thirty minutes straight. Let's see how good of a shape you're in. That's what I was trying to get at with Austin. I was like, tell me about your your yeah schedule. yeah yeah exactly. You know, and he was, was like, yeah he was loving uh, the chance to talk about like all the. The tech they got going with that. Well, yeah, they're tracking their GPS. They're making sure that their fitness. He said it was t 10 months out of 12 that he's, like, taking care of his body. You know? Of course. And that's the, and that's the play for a six-month season. Yes. There's no off-season anymore, for yeah, sure. There's yeah. No off yeah, absolutely. I think it's, 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 a, it's a great way to be. You, you, 
you don't just wake up in the morning and have natural ability to play professional soccer. Like you have to actually like be unbelievably fit to do it. Oh yeah. Right, so I think that's an underreported and underdiscussed part of the actual matches. Um, so when we think about what our 11 is, we have to think about fitness too. Right? And that's why Brownie Bro always starts. And that's why the right. first time he started right. that, at yeah. left back, I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. this is awesome. And you know why I said that? Because Brownie can, he, he can't, he, right. Latanzio cannot take Brownie Bro off the field. That's why he's in my 4 4 2, yeah, as Be- much as I love Derek Jones. Because he's, he's, he's so fit. Yeah, you might not have Brian to take said, him out. Brian said it's more than a hashtag; it's a way of life. Yeah, yeah, it, I, yeah. Bronny, halfway. But to maybe this a, is. Sa- uh, Bronny's almost a tremendous friend of the show. You know, I don't know if he's if he's listening right now, but we'll we have, have we haven't had good ch- uh, chats with him in the past. We'll have like, him on. I, we know Grind sets more than just a cheesy hashtag, or it's, I don't think it's cheesy, but like, critics critics might say that he lives it. That's what it is. You know, yeah. Exactly. So, even if he's not in the squad, I'll be surprised. Um, but the, the one other thing that you said that really kind of makes me wonder what's actually happening is uh, Joe Mora at left back. Well, you just need a real left back. You, I don't. You want to add an armor out there? Let's go for it. Did but. you Did you see the news? <laughs> he's in. Yeah, he, he's he, available. He's available. Yeah, he's, he's not available. on the injury report formally. Yeah. He's probably yeah. the way to report. There's that. no yeah. way he's playing that position. Yeah. You know what position he could play though? He could play the left wing in a four four two. I'd love to see him get some minutes. I, he couldn't start the match, obviously. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. I'm just saying though, like that's yeah. If you want to change this formation into four four two, remember because of what Latanzio said before the season mm-hmm. about Adam and how he kind of sees, sees him, him as a left wing, as, more as left a left wing yeah, left attacker. For sure, most definitely. Yeah, the, the tr- he has to, he has to, he gave Copetti his single striker look, and now it's it's time just not working. Yeah, it's not it's, Cope- it's not working for Capetti. It's yeah. not working for Carroll. These are our two highest priced assets. These are the guys that supposedly have the most talent and skill on the team. Like we can't afford to be wasting both of them trying to fit, and then and also have Brant playing left back at the same time. It's ridiculous if yeah, you, it's, on the face of it when you really think about it. I don't know. Is. Maybe the whiskey's bringing it out of me. I don't know, <laughs> but like just like think about this. Yeah, you know, just yeah. like. I don't know. I, I've only been. Oh, I've only been. I've only been a soccer fan for you know a couple of decades, <laughs> but it's not working. So we mentioned Ted Lasso earlier in the yeah. podcast, and when we talk about a four four two, if you haven't seen the first episode yet, um, maybe I'll spoil something. Don't like, spoil it. Don't spoil it. Come on. I'm don't gonna spoil. I haven't seen it. Anyway, there's a real relatability to this discussion, and you'll see why. I can't wait. And I hope, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, and see, isn't it better to give a tease? Yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It's always nice to tease. Um, so, yeah, dude, this is it's a great conversation. I'm glad that we're finally made it to this point where it's like, yeah. you know, even if we don't see a 4-4-2 on, on Saturday, I would expect maybe to see a 4-4-2 the following weekend against Red Bull, right? Red Bull coming into town next weekend? Yeah. That's in exciting. The, in the, in the, uh, the, the uh, what was it, the Crown Jewel kit. Yeah, can't wait. The debut. The Which debut, one? finally. Yeah, if you haven't got yours, get it for that day. Get it by that day for sure. I shared on our Twitter account at uh, for the Crown Baby that I had a big issue with my Ashley Westwood Crown Jewel kit order from MLS Store, and I got a note that was like, "Sorry, like this item isn't available. We'll let you know if it is ever available." You and might- <laughs> I still haven't heard from them, and it's been like a month. It might get here, it might not. Is that the Fanatic shop, or is that MLS it's, store? It's yeah, both. It's, like, it's, the, it's, the, it's the cartel. Yeah. What's, whatever cartel is running <laughs> this uh, jersey sales uh, uh, racket and uh, upcharging everything and uh, making sure that, uh, I don't know. But you know, it, you, I, you, I don't know if you can get Westwood 8, but you can definitely buy a Crown Jewel kit on the corner of uh, Moorhead and Mint. That's true. On the on your way into the game, for <laughs> sure. True. Across the street I'll make from sure you, uh, WFNZ. That's my plan. Yeah, that that's exactly. that's absolutely what my yeah, plan is. For the, sure. The doghouse. Talking but, about yeah, the doghouse. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, shout out to Willie P. We we already gave just a, a shout out and um, I, what I don't. A team. We, I wish Apple gave I, us the visiting radio on. That's the like they fell they fell short of the last thing. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, I, I just think um, last time we were here for a watch party, Danny tried to put the radio call on. And it was like in the middle of the anthem, and it just we it didn't happen. 
And, and, but he, he tried like to a, make it happen. Uh, it was like a, yeah, it was like a local ad, right, for yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, Saints, for some St. Louis you, thing. Yeah, it was just yeah. bad timing. Yeah. It was bad timing and it didn't work. Yeah. But I just, wanted, I, just wanted to, back. I just wanted to put it out there that he tried. Yeah, he did. He put his, put his heart, his heart was in it. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Bramps. I don't have much else to say. No. I, I, I feel like it's been a great show. Um, pumped to be here. It's it's Thursday evening. It's been a, a quick week. It's been a good week, um, and we've got a big weekend ahead of us. I'll say this: give us feedback if you can on the interview formats, and just like if you like, like what if you want more interviews, if you'd rather just us, you know, start bullshit about beer, we can you know take that feedback <laughs> as well. But we, you know, like this is like a big uh, special episode, I guess. What I would say for us, so like especially important if you do like the show, give a little feedback somewhere on Apple or something like that, or via a YouTube comment or whatever. I don't know. I, don't, I usually don't make the pitch for engagements necessarily, but feels feels uh, like we had a good night. Yeah, we had a yeah, great, great show. And there's always Andy Rams. For the crown, baby.